When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. This podcast is sponsored by Huawei. Its latest Huawei development webinar will be live-streamed on Pocketlint at midday on Monday, the 9th of November. If you're interested in learning more about how overseas app developers can thrive in a Chinese market, mark the date in your calendar. Hello, my name is Stuart Miles and welcome to the Pocketlint podcast. This week was the EE Pocketlint Awards, so we're devoting the whole show to talk about the winners and runners-up in the best gadget awards there are. Well, in our minds at least. Yep, we've seen new devices, new services, refreshes, a bit of nostalgia, and even the demise of some of our favourite gadgets over the last 12 months. And while things might have been a bit different this year, that hasn't stopped the team reviewing hundreds of devices over the 18 categories we've got up for nomination before the shortlist was put to an industry panel of independent journalists and, yes, you, the public. But who won? And are we happy with the results? And before you ask, no, we can't go to the Supreme Court if you don't like the outcome. Well, I'm joined by PocketLint's editor, Chris Hall, and PocketLint's reviews editor, Mike Lowe, to discuss winners. So, Mike, let's start with you. What is your standout winner this year i was trying to think about this when i've been staring at the massive wide range of stuff that we we cover and review and for me i think given how weird 2020 has been and how it's been a year largely of kind of refreshes remakes and things perhaps just not jumping massively along the one thing that really stands out as different to me is the polestar 2 um i think it's one of those kind of products that although it's not perhaps readily affordable you're not necessarily going to run out and grab one at 45 grand it is a car that kind of represents where things are really genuinely heading in in the future of automotive and it does things in like a really different and exciting way so for me i think that is the one thing that is kind of the most sort of future projected and most exciting that we can we can recommend really now, Chris, I'm, g- I'm going to come to you now with this same question. And don't worry, I'll, I'll put you on the spot later on, just so to make it fair for Mike, Fantastic. so he doesn't have to answer everything first. <laughs> um, what Out of all the list, and there's, you know, there's a lot of, there's 18, well, 20 winners if you include the EE Superfast Award and the product of the year. But what are your, is there anything here that stood out for you that, that really was like, yeah, you need to go and buy this? Well, the thing that has really stood out for me is one of the things that you don't actually need to buy. Um, And I'm moving all the way to our product of the year this year, which is Zoom, just because it has been a strange year. And I think that Zoom has had a profound impact on the way that people are staying in contact with each other. I mean, Zoom is around and it has been around for a while, and it's certainly not the only video conferencing solution that there is. But you could see that as soon as we got into this crisis, people started using Zoom and other services were just left waiting for their own pickup and realizing that they're a long way behind the competition. And that's, you know, exactly what happened. Like Google Meet had to completely change. People have almost completely stopped talking about Skype as Microsoft Mm. has pushed Teams instead. But Zoom was there. And of course, they suddenly ramped up and they, they did attract a lot of criticism in the early part of the year. And they moved fast to address a lot of that criticism. But 
you know, it's a free service for a lot of people and paying this, paying a subscription does get you added benefits, but Zoom has been essential to for keeping people in touch, not just families, businesses, but also other like volunteer groups like scouts and guides and things like that are all using Zoom all the time. So I think it's it's really commendable the service that Zoom has offered and I think it is very deserving of being our product of the year for this year. Yeah, I mean I certainly felt that it was interesting, wasn't it? As you say, you could have it it came out this you know, the start of the year, everybody just suddenly started using it, even to like the cabinet in the UK started using it to hold their meetings at one point. And and it just feels like the rest of the year all the other all the other services have spent that time trying to catch up to where Zoom was at the beginning of the year. When did we move over? Because our team meetings weren't on it traditionally. So, no. you know, it jumped in and made us pay attention because the quality was better. You didn't get the dropouts. It just kind of made sense and the video worked better. Plus, there was really silly, fun things you could do, like turn yourself into a potato. So, <laughs> you know. Yeah, that's it, really. <laughs> It is all about becoming a potato. But did they get rid of it? I don't know. No, it's still there. It's definitely still there. Oh, good, good. But I think, I mean, that's interesting in the fact that, you know, we've almost since the beginning of, of Pocket Lint as a site, we've been covering Skype. You know, I've, I've over the years, a number of us have been to like Skype's offices and seen what they're doing and all the other stuff. And and yet here's the moment to, for them to shine. It suddenly just all paled in like nobody was talking about Skype, not not even like as an option for anybody it was like, yeah, yeah, let's do Skype. That's easy. So it's, it's, it's fascinating how, you know, that, how, how much that's changed and, and video conferencing is now a thing um, that we all do. And no, it still feels a little bit like a seance every time I get on the call, I've got some Ouija board with me, you know, can you hear me? Are you there? Um, <laughs> and, and, whether, and understanding whether that's, you know, they're kind of, you know, people, you know, I even had a call this morning on Google Meet and it was like, nope, can't hear you. Let's restart everything. Hang on a minute. That's fine. So, okay. So that's, they're, they're your two standouts. So an electric car and video conferencing, uh, not what I was expecting you to pick, I must admit. But now, Chris, let's let's move on and change tack slightly. One of the, f- the functionalities here, and we picked up on this in the, uh, Cam picked up on this in, in, in our awards show uh, on YouTube, was, was the rise of the mid-range. Yes, absolutely. Um, There's been a huge shift in smartphones this year from the flagship phones that everybody has always seen as desirable towards the mid-range because the mid-range has closed the gap a long way, boosted the performance, boosted the desirability. And so in day-to-day use, there really is only a very slight difference now between the experience that you get and the price difference is, is or can be quite substantial. And that was, you know, rewarded well in our EE Superfast Award because we picked out the Qualcomm Snapdragon 765 hardware that's really driving a lot of these phones. But you can also see that some individual devices have have been using this and have also picked up awards. So we've got the Google Pixel 4a 5G, for example, which is one of the devices that uses that hardware. And we also have in a cheaper price category, the OnePlus Nord, which sits on the same hardware. And it is really interesting that these phones have come so far. And it it was the case that if something didn't have flagship hardware, then it was almost immediately dismissed. But now there is a much better case for much more affordable devices. And in a time where people are perhaps being a little bit more conservative with their cash, that's a really good thing for consumers. I think the other thing it also does, because literally yesterday I moved into a new phone, um, it's the Vivo X51. 
and same hardware, but this this phone's seven hundred and fifty pounds, um, which is a lot more than some of them are. But because what this one has done is put in a, a camera system that nothing else has. It's got like a gimbal, so it's got great um, stabilization. And whereas if you had that on the top top end eight six five hardware from Qualcomm, it probably had another I don't know four hundred pounds. You know, so I think it's enabling other things to shine through without like pushing beyond that like heady £1,000 mark, which is just perhaps a bit ridiculous for some people buying phones. Now let's talk about uh, sound and in particular headphones and then probably after that sort of speakers as we're kind of enjoying speakers and, and, and music at home more and more. Was there Were you surprised by Sony picking up the um, winner for best headphones, Chris, the, for the WH-1000XM4? Uh, actually, I wasn't surprised at all. Um, I have personally been a big fan of this series of headphones. I still have the original 1000X. Um, and I, and I well, I was about to say I use them on a regular basis, but seeing as I've been at home for the last eight months, I haven't used them on a regular basis. But prior to that, they were always my headphones, headphones to go to for traveling. And each generation has just tweaked them slightly. So they're still fantastic over-ear headphones, Noise cancellation is what they're really, really good at. So, no, I'm not surprised by them winning at all. And on the speaker front, Mike, I know you're a big fan of the Biosound A1 second gen. Yep. What made you think that – what what do you like about this that made you, you know, you so, feel this deserves the winner? I mean, as, as Chris just said, there's sort of – 2020 has been such a funny year that, you know, I haven't really used headphones either. Um, and as much as I'm definitely using portable speakers around the house – Actually, the thing that was great about the BSN Day One is it's really, really, really portable. Like you could use it outside or wherever, or wherever you want to take it. You might not do that as much right now at this particular moment in time. Um, but for a tiny speaker, it just sounds amazing. Like I can't really put it more concisely than that. It just you'd look at it and think, oh, it's going to sound okay. And then actually, you listen and it's like, oh wow, that's much bigger than you'd expect from kind of a small disc-sized product. Um, and yeah, I just, I can't really say better than that. It's just one of those things that just really jumps out. And when we can go outside even more in the future, um, it'll be perfect for those, you know, summer 2021 outings, basically. Hmm. Now talking of, uh, outings and staying in, uh, obviously gaming been, has been big this year. Um, last of us two won the, uh, best game award with animal crossing new horizons coming in second which also coincided with our best gaming devices being the Nintendo Switch. Now, if you're listening to this after mid-November, you're probably wondering why. Mike, can you explain? Well, again, 2020 is just one of those massive turning points for, for gaming. Obviously, if you're wondering why, it's because now Xbox Series X and PlayStation 5 are available, just about to be available. Um, obviously, we're awarding products from 2020, Um even all the way back to the end of 2019. So really it's a, a reflection on what is out there, what's amazing, and Nintendo Switch have just been this staple, really. It's it's amazing for when you're on the go, um, but if you're not, and people aren't as much at the moment, it's amazing on TV as well. And there's just been some really great games, and I think that's the thing that Nintendo, time and time again, just keeps landing, you know? Like, it's... As I said at the very beginning, 2020 has kind of been a year of, of reworks and reruns of games and stuff, but bringing Zelda back, that was a brilliant little game from originally back in the SNES era, 
Yeah, I must admit, I lost quite a bit of time to that during the first lockdown because yeah. uh, <laughs> it was just brilliant. It was, you know, it's just it's very kind of calming gaming, I would say. And I think that to me, that's kind of a lot of the stuff on the Switch is is great like that. It, you know, even Animal Crossing, which you know got a lot of noise on social and, and stuff like that when that launched, and you know, sucked a lot of people in. It's it's kind of that relaxing gaming rather than perhaps the Xbox or PlayStation approach of Call of Duty and you know, all those kind of additional yeah. games where you've just you're on edge constantly trying to kill things and make sure you stay alive. And Animal Crossing is kind of the, the perfect representation of this year really, and that was the runner up game. Uh, you can only get it on Switch and it's pretty much like creating your own life again but as a panda or whatever kind of animal you happen to be. And it's got this very cutesy, kind of fun Japanese kind of way about it. And yeah, it's almost therapeutic, I suppose, because it's an escape from one life into another. On the flip side of that, The Last of Us Part 2, which might have been my top choice, but I decided to not make it that just because it's been a bit of a bleak year and it's not exactly right. the happiest of games. Um, but I'm looking but this, is, this is kind of post, I haven't played this one, but this is like post-pandemic, isn't it, effectively? I mean, it's, you know, zombie world, isn't it? It's, it's um, I won't give too much away and I'm looking forward to digging into it on PlayStation 5 when I... And I load that up in a couple of weeks' time, but um, yeah, it's it's almost inappropriately kind of positioned as this almost representative of this year in its in its own way. But there we are. Right now, Chris, was there any products that you wanted to win that didn't? Ooh, um, well, I'm going to have to think about that for a little bit. <laughs> Yes, there is. Um, one of the things that surprised me was that um, the best streaming device came out to be uh, SkyQ. And I was quite surprised by that because I thought there are so many avenues into streaming devices that there are lots of options for people to choose from. So I was really surprised that SkyQ won this. And I, I did challenge this with people. But when I spoke to those people, they reminded me of how much you get from SkyQ that there's a lot more content that is delivered through Sky that you can stream that can sort of complete the experience that you don't necessarily get in, in other places. So I kind of I, I kind of accept that. I do think that SkyQ is a bigger ruling and something like uh, Roku Streaming Stick or one of the um, one of the one of the cheaper Amazon devices will get you all of your streaming for a lot less money. But you know, I accept that in a time when people have been doing lots of streaming having one platform that delivers absolutely everything has a certain appeal to it. I think that's certainly something as a SkyQ customer myself, I think there's, there is some, there is an appeal to that where they've tried to continue to make sure that they own the, the whole experience it almost have now shifted to becoming a gateway into all these streaming services. So you've got Netflix on there, you've got Disney plus on there, uh, still missing Amazon prime, but now they've started looking at other things. So they've got fit, which is a um, FIIT, I think it is, which is a you know a fitness activity kind of workout channel that you can you know team into, and I think you'll start to see these streaming boxes, you know, whether it's the Amazon 4K or Roku or, or what have you, all trying to to deliver that as well as certainly for the next couple of months while we're still at home more in that sort of it's not just now a a TV that gives you you know. 24 hours of friends every 24 hours 
It's just, um, you know, it does other things for you. Mike, we've given you a little bit more time to think about yours. So I'm going to ask you the same question. Are there any products you wanted to win that didn't? I mean, you kind of want everything to win in a way. There's been such a huge list of I'm going to sort of politically not answer the question (laughs) and instead give a shout out to actually the Ring Doorbell, which did win, but we haven't talked about. And I kind of feel like that's also quite a, um, you know, product that really has resonated with so many people and I'm seeing it way more installed kind of all over the place. I think it's just a very good way of, um, well, answering your door if you need to without actually answering the door. And whether that's when you're out for your, allotted one hour exercise slot or whatever it can be really handy just to chat to the postman and say oh just leave it there behind that thank you um what made it obviously ring doorbells have been around for a while now so what what do you feel makes the three plus the you know the worthy contender here the worthy winner um i think part of the reason it's in is because it's newer um but it does a little bit more so the plus has like a second camera on it which is um always looking so um, it's, I believe it's not quite as uh, detailed that one, but it can give you like a pre-roll. So if you're in an area where, I don't know, someone's going to, someone's been repeatedly knocking over your bins or whatever, I don't know what it would be, then you might be able to capture that and that could be useful to help you sort out social disputes or whatever it might be. Um, and that's the key difference with that product compared to the others, which are typically a bit more straightforward in their recording times and so on. Now, what do you think we've got in store for us in 2021? Can't believe I'm already talking about next year, and it's only uh, it's only November, but here we are, ready. So we, I mean, this has obviously been a pretty strong year, even though of the the troubles and trials and tribulations of of what 2020 has brought us. Um, what do we think we've got in store for 2021 that people should start looking forward to that we believe might be contenders for next year's awards? I think we touched on it. It's it's gaming, right? It's uh, It's been a big thing this year anyway. And with the new generations on our doorstep, I'm pretty sure that the, the landscape of that is going to change pretty dramatically and people are going to get really invested and excited in it again. So the other thing being that these consoles are going to come out, the Series X, Series S and PlayStation 5, on day one, they don't really have that much available. So I think in a year when bigger titles start actually being available to play you're going to really start seeing some of those benefits yeah i think um i think that's also going to extend into other parts of our lives as well because obviously these new um these new platforms bring with them new capabilities and a lot of people might find that having bought their new xbox they can't really exploit it because they don't have a good enough tv so i think there's going to be a lot more interest and a lot more emphasis on things like TV refresh rates and stuff. A lot of people are going to be t- talking about 120 hertz. We've seen that sort of conversation starting in smartphones, and one of the notable companies that has never mentioned any of it at all. Actually, they did on the iPad, but on the iPhone, there's no talk about increased refresh rates. And I am sort of wondering if the next generation of iPhone will be looking to do that sort of thing too. Um, at the moment, there's this kind of feeling that there is a, a slight trade-off. You either have a very high detail or you have very high frame rates. And obviously, everybody wants everything all the time. And that means all of your hardware has to line up. So in the case of the new consoles, that's not just your TV. You need to make sure that if you're passing that information through uh, a receiver or you use a soundbar for pass-through, you have to make sure that all of that stuff is compatible. Otherwise, you're going to lose some of the goodness in the process. So 
those are the things that we're going to look out for. It's going to be another reason to buy yourself another TV. There we go. See, I think for me, it's probably going to be more about laptops. Uh, I know that sounds equally as exciting as gaming and TVs, but it's, you know, with a shift of us all working from home this year, I think people have started to realize perhaps the limitations of the devices they have and perhaps need to think of ways of, of making those better or looking at upgrades uh, and all the other stuff. You've also, on top of that, you've got Apple again coming out very soon with the Apple Silicon. Uh, which is a move away from Intel, which might start forcing laptops to be seen in a different way, um, which then the rest of the industry, the majority of the industry that commands that, will then will they then react and, and ditch Intel and build something themselves, or will they, you know, try and double down and make that better? We've got talk of, you know, Windows uh, getting a, a, a very big refresh next year. You know, I think that's certainly quite a big area that, that will become more relevant to a lot more people as we change the way that we work and aren't necessarily going into a big office block where we have a, a crummy desktop PC that you know that's that's been there for a long time. And that's beginning that's beginning to happen now anyway because Intel, while still strong, doesn't have perhaps as strong a grip as it did because AMD has moved into this space at a rapid pace already, and more and more manufacturers are taking that on board as an offering in what they have. But even actually. Qualcomm as well. Um, in the early part of 2021, you'll see Qualcomm's chipsets moving into um, Chromebooks through, I think initially it's Acer who are offering one. Um, and that basically promises epic battery life, um, which again in the future will be really useful when you're you're on the go. So yeah, I think by the end of next year, we're going to have Apple Silicon, AMD, Intel, Qualcomm, MediaTek and others all kind of fighting more than ever before in this space and really... I do wonder if there's a, a bigger play here for all of those people who aren't going out, as you say. I mean, I started off the year working with working on my laptop. I, you know, my, my laptop worked fine all the time and then spending a prolonged period of time at a desk. And I eventually decided the best thing for me to do was build my own PC. So I do wonder if there is going to be a resurgence in the PC market. I mean, building a PC is incredibly affordable compared to buying that equivalent power in a laptop form um, and seeing as more people have been told just to stay at home or work at home I wouldn't be surprised if there are a lot of people who are now thinking I just want to move on to something that's more stable and leave the uh, the mobile part of the equation um, for later I mean it does it has been although a lot of people have been talking about 5g and all, all of the mobile possibilities and mobile connectivity it has been a really a poor year for for 5g because so many people have not been out and have not been as mobile as they have uh, as they often are so hopefully once we get ourselves in a better state um with regards to the pandemic and everything else then hopefully we'll we'll start to see some of the real gains that things like 5g are bringing but i wouldn't be surprised for now if people are going out and buying geeky pcs to build at home and that also goes sort of full circle to the gaming argument as well, because you can have a decent PC that you can then slap the best NVIDIA GPU into, and you've got a work machine that you can then turn into an awesome gaming PC in the evening or whatever. So, yeah, yeah, I kind of agree. I, I mean, guess. I'd be quite interested to see if Apple will, because um, obviously it, we're kind of expecting the first Apple Silicon devices to be the most mobile ones. I think um, MacBook Pro and maybe MacBook Air are kind of in the line to be updated but 
I'd quite like to see a, a new iMac, for example, because I'm sure there is a market for people who just want to have a home PC at the moment. Right. Well, it looks like that even though the 2020 awards are now finished and the winners are probably at home somewhere pretending they're at a party getting drunk, that we've got plenty, plenty to look forward to already for the 2021 awards. So make sure you stay tuned to Pocket Lint to find out all the latest when it's happening and what's expected and what's to come and all the other gossip that goes with that. Well, that's it for this week's show. Thank you very much for listening. Thanks for Mike and Chris for their uh, valid comments. There are no more tough question guys, so you can uh, rest easy now. Until next time, pip pip. This podcast is sponsored by Huawei. Its latest Huawei development webinar will be live streamed on Pocketlint at midday on Monday the 9th of November. If you're interested in learning more about how overseas app developers can thrive in a Chinese market, mark the date in your calendar.